Hey. Hi. So I'm assuming, I'm hoping uh, this is recording it. I didn't, I, my buddy went live last time we did yeah, it, no, so. I just did one of these last week, so. Okay. It should at the end, it'll say like. Record keep, it. Okay, yeah, well, let me try it. And of course, the symmetrical value is a little different and off for me here. Yeah. But it's all groovy. Um, you are a sweetheart. Thank you for your patience, because I'm having, for those who are jumping in, we did not want to go live today. We just wanted to. <laughs> um, but let me just start with. Right, with life. Yeah, here we are. It was meant to be this way. Um, I have been following you for quite some time. Michelle Ariana. Is it Ariana? Ariana? Michelle Ariana. Mm -hmm. Ar Ariana. And you know, I actually don't remember how I've come across your content, but I love your flavor, your brand, and what you speak is just as beautiful as you. And I'm like mm -hmm. engulfed with it. And I'm, I've got a million questions for those that are listening now. Once again, I didn't mean to go live, but we are live. And I've been hounding you for quite some time to do my show. <laughs> and originally I wanted to do it in person, but you're in Arizona. Correct. And I am so thrilled to have you because you, you got a few different brands or like slogans and things, but you're kind of going with like love attraction coaching or love coach. Is that, is that fair? Yes. I'm a love attraction coach and an NLP master practitioner. And NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming. Wow. Pretty much is all about how to help people align their thoughts, words, and habits for peak performance. Specifically, Amazing. I do dating because that tends to be the area that we all need it. <laughs> and I've, there's a few things that I've stolen from you and already started using in my private life, but you've got okay. like, don't find yourself, create yourself. I'm yep. freaking, are you kidding me? And then listen to yourself. And that was one of your most recent videos. You jump right into it and you, you have this, you have this very tender side of you. And someone told me this the other day and it was so well received. And he says, you know why people are attracted to your, your content and are like talking with you beyond just the podcast? He says, because you find what they say interesting and you're not trying to be interesting. Mm -hmm. And you have, I, I'm giving that to you. Oh, I you love have this. Like when you're speaking and you're putting your content out, you have this very like nurturing, endearing demeanor about you. Thank you. And that's what attracted me to you originally. And I have some questions and I don't know if you've ever shared this before on other platforms. If you have, my apologies, but I, this isn't nothing profound anymore. Most people that spend now their time and energy loving on people, helping people are usually the ones that are more messed up in a good way you know like they they they're usually we've the been, ones that yeah we turn our mess into a message we turn yes. our into wisdom because yeah, thank right. you. yeah when things go all foobar in life like you realize man we're not the only ones like other people probably are growing through this so why not help share some yeah. business <laughs> it's like the, the your test becomes your testimony yes kind of thing if you don't mind me asking, I've been following you for a while. I've gone through a lot of your content as just a, as just a digital fan of yours. Did, what's this, if you don't mind, can I take some of my questions chronologically of how we got here? Yeah. When you, um, I see photos of you in Jacksonville. Did you used to live in Jacksonville? I did. I actually went to high school in Flagler. Okay. Then we're this is how this must be. We're so connected. Mm -hmm. Let's take it from the top. You grew up in Flagler. Yep. Palm Coast, Flagler County. 
I don't want you to date yourself, but are, do you want to tell your class graduating year? Nah, we don't need okay, to. Okay, we'll leave it at that. So <laughs> one day in time, and a long, long time ago. Yeah. Because um, mine's a long time ago, and I, I'm sure, I, I think we're near around the same. But anyways, or how about this for those that don't, how about your era? Do you ha can you name drop someone that only the, only the, we would know because we're alumni? Were you the Carl Klein era? Were you the Joe Rizzo era? Were you the... No. Okay, no. leave it at that. So you grew yeah. up with Flagler, but I don't think I ever crossed paths with you in Flagler. Maybe I did, and that's why I've been connecting with you since. Maybe I hadn't. Um, yeah. So you grew up in Flagler. What did you do after high school? After high school, I went to college at uh, University of North Florida. Okay. Roots in Jacksonville. Established. Okay. I went for psychology, had such a passion for the mind, and just really, it felt aligned to understand how the mind plays such a huge, powerful role in our life. And then I was getting ready to study for my PhD, like going to go on for higher education after undergrad. And I realized like it, did, it didn't feel aligned. So I went to the workforce. I, um, I just did an internship at an advertising. I was really interested in advertising and using like psychology with advertising. Um, and then after a couple of years, I, I I didn't stay in advertising. I actually got into construction. So I did marketing okay. for the construction industry and then went back and got my MBA. In and that, that was all in Jacks. Yep. Yep. And for about nine years, I was in the construction design build industry. Okay. Like just using, using my gifts there. But I had a big life change um, on that ninth year. It, can, we have, we, can we talk about it? Sure. What was this paradigm shift of thought or life? Well, I... Um, all through that, those nine years, actually from college on into <clears throat> the work field, I was super anxious. Like I had a lot of anxiety and I guess I should back it up and share a little bit of the backstory of like growing up, like most of us kids, I was a free spirit. I was a right. tomboy, loved to dig into the dirt, but then loved putting on my princess costumes and my crowns. And I just, you know how we just be, right? Right. Um, well, probably around fifth grade, I... Uh, was made fun of. And so I, I say this in some of my other talks, that external bullying turned into internal bullying and I became mm. a, and for me, I just wanted to be like a kid. I wanted to be like one of the girls. I wanted to feel beautiful. I wanted the boys to like me, but I, I was a tomboy and kind of like that ugly duckling feel, at least that's what I felt. So I never got to, like, I wanted to be a cheerleader and a dancer and like do all the girly things. I just, I didn't. So the, the bullying, I think, especially turned inward, hmm. really compounded and it turned me into like being an overachiever. Now, I think I already was goal oriented, but I was in such super achievement from a place of not feeling good enough. So I was like always trying to prove my worth. So I share that because getting into college and the workforce, perfectionism, not good enough, like constantly seeking goals right. to pretty much feel like I was good enough, but it never was enough because again, you come at it from that energy, you keep going and going. And it's like, what are you ever attaining? If you're not celebrating the process, well, that like super drive that I was in drove me to sickness for like nine years. I was in doc in and out of doctor's offices and anxiety and panic attacks and wow. feel good in my body. I was, I, I tell people, I was like, terrified of dying like I was wow. like oh, I was so afraid of dying but yet again I was terrified of living so it's a horrible place to be wow. so I say that because in my corporate experience I loved what I was doing I loved the people I worked with 
but being so filled with like, I call it disconnection. I was like, just, just terrified, yeah. right? Disconnected from self. And I think it had to do with maybe some trauma stuff like growing up, but you know, I was clawing my way up the corporate ladder. That's how I say it. So that kind of lends you a little bit of like why I had after nine years, it's like, it was unsustainable. I couldn't right. keep going in the way I was going, feeling so disconnected, always striving very much in my like masculine energy you know, and not right. integrated masculine, but like wounded masculine, like chase, have to dominate, control, like have to be the best. And it's like, right. I enjoyed the process. During those times where whoever and whatever you were looking for confirmation and affirmation, were you being supported then? Or was that also not, did you have that conduciveness from like a, a, a like family, friends, a companion, like, were, or were you, did you feel, were you that much more isolated where you were self-inflicting yourself, but when you spent time in your habitat, so to speak, were you being re reinforced of like, girl, you got this, or were you also receiving nothing and or worse in your private life, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I lost, I lost audio. Hold on, hold on. Wait. Can you hear me? Yep. We were a little, go ahead. Okay. Um, people in my life were just very loving, but no, this was a silent battle. I never, wow. and, and ever since a child, it just was like eating me up, like the, the bullying, the feeling, I was the oldest child. So I didn't have an older sibling and I didn't want to be a burden on my parents. Not that I would. I mean, they were so right. Like, but it was just like, I internalized it. And I feel like a lot of people out wow. there do that where they don't necessarily know or feel safe or feel validated or worthy to talk to someone. So no, that was a silent battle for- You never shared that with like anybody? When I started having like panic attacks and all that, like it was visible to my you know, significant other and family. Okay. But I didn't understand the mind-body connection, Chenzo. It was crazy wow. and how powerful our thoughts are. And so if eventually I broke. It was, I had just gotten my MBA. I was in corporate America, got okay. my MBA. I didn't even walk. Like I didn't even get the degree. It was like on to the next. What's the next thing I can achieve? And something, I, at that point I was, I had like a dark night of the soul where I was sick for two months, in and out of a couple hospitals and just like wow. overwhelmed with constriction. It's like there was no like feminine energy or flow. Not saying I wasn't feminine, just what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, right. the for the audience, like masculine energy, feminine energy. It's like that we all have both inside, but I wasn't okay. balanced. I wasn't like allowing and receiving and resting. I was just constantly dominating, controlling, charging forward. You just, you just said, in parallel what you're saying, you just said this adulting thing is so <laughs> trippy in a good way. And I, one of the things that if I have some, if I'm like at an airport terminal and someone's like, what's your definition of success? Not verbatim, but those people that are kind of like, how's the third quarter? Those kind of folk yeah. I've cultivated a saying that seems to just kind of neutralize them and saying rest is my mm -hmm. definition of success. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I love, so another thing that I say a lot, and it took, unfortunately, the, the death of one of our alumni, who I was very close with, used to call me, I, I used to be, and I'm going to use this in a whimsical nature, because I hear what you're saying, but to make light of it, you were an anxious idiot, right? Mm -hmm. And I brand myself as an anxious idiot from the years of basically high school till about 25-ish. And I didn't know in the grand scheme of things, 
conquering that at even 25 was like a not normal. Most people deal with it till 35 if, or if not now, but my buddy would call me every single day and he would say, when are you going to stamp yourself successful? And I'd be like, mm. next month when I get the next client, I get to this. Like, and it sounds like you were dealing with that no matter what your accomplishments were in the matrix, right? Here you are at MBA and all these fancy acronyms and you're, you're, you're excelling and you're doing well. And, but yet you're, you're an anxious idiot, right? Yeah. Where were some of your, and I'll answer my question first so you can see what I mean is my darkest hours were always at night then with a yellow notepad. I got to save the world, not necessarily the whales, but I've got to create some, I got to be a billionaire. I got to, and I, I don't have many regrets in life, but if I could go back to the countless hours of sleepless nights, jotting down what probably looks like medical prescriptions from an MD, because it's probably not even legible. It was so manic and so panic. Where were your darkest hours in those times? Was it, a, was it at night? Was it during the, was it all day? Cause they say you, you were referencing like having actual attacks where they, was there like a recipe to it where it's like, oh my God, if I don't have my coffee, my water and I exercise I, at noon, I'm freak out. Like what was? Oh gosh, that's such a great, that's such a great question because you're asking me like, what was kind of the strategy, the unconscious yeah. Had I wish I had the the wherewithal to journal. I didn't even know about journaling back then. Like Chenzo, when I say I was in the dark, like my soul was not wow. until that breaking moment where I like for two months I had insomnia. I couldn't sleep for wow. two months, barely functioning. I didn't I didn't drink coffee. I didn't have a way. I didn't have an outlet. And I think at that point when our souls when, when we get so disconnected from our soul, I don't think we would ever cut ourselves off from our spirit, our, our consciousness. Right. I think we can get so disconnected. And I think that's what like trauma is where it's like a disconnection. And I heard someone say healing is about reconnecting. So I wow. felt I had a pivotal moment where um, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know what set it off. It just was like constant, not good enough feeling all the time not feeling like, I mean. Did you feel this even like, in like even just aesthetically, like all, it was all oh, yeah. the things you just not felt. Good enough with money, wow. not in my position in work, not feeling good enough with my, with my looks, with like, I don't know. It was, it's such an, it's so interesting to like check back in with it of like how that was. It right. was still my father gave me the movie, The Secret. It's a book based on a book by Rhonda Byrne. And it came out in 2006 or something. A few years later, he gave me, he gave me the CD, the DVD. And that changed my life. In that moment, in that movie, for those who've seen it, you understand the power of like the introduction to the law of attraction and understanding right. body connection and the understanding that you actually are in control of your reality, your life experience, at least your thoughts, words, and habits. Right. That's but that's everything because that's your frequency it's your energy i didn't know what energy was i didn't know right. so for me my mind was running me that's what it felt like at least you journaled <laughs> I didn't even know. well i wouldn't call it journaling it was more ma manic like how do i become the next well elon musk wasn't on the on the spot yet publicly but i was trying to get rich and panicky but on your note of this 
like recollecting and you don't have to share whatever your your dragons were that you slayed and were dealing with but did you you had mentioned that you had gone through some trauma and whatever those dragons were were those things that you had were they still like i'm sure that those were big is that would you say were some of the reasons why you were dealing with this and all and i say i guess i'll piggyback on that question of saying i i was super blessed with having a great upbringing i didn't deal with anything more than you know wanting to not come home early you know like that would be that i i was i had a really good life and you know what it's like to grow up out here so it was pretty safe cool calm and collected um my my issues were myself like i didn't have anyone and i'm not saying you're blaming them but i'm saying like you you have an out you have a reason you have an outlet the UPS man just just pulled up and my dogs are going to have an absolute heart attack. Hey, please don't knock. You know when you're like, don't knock, don't knock. Don't knock. Like, yes, man. Uh, and I swear sometimes they do just because we had it. used to have a note or not a note, but a plaque. Yeah. That said, and it said something like witty, like do not knock or shit gets real. Like something like, and I swear they started knocking more. They're like, because they have to enjoy themselves. All right, hold on. I got to don't do the gate. Yeah, do the gate over. He's doing it over the gate. That's okay. We can build it into the video. I know. I, it's because we're live. Oh, we did it. I think we came out. You're a good omen. This is on our side. Bam, bam. Yeah. Um, these dragons, they so were. The your, question, the, yeah. the question was specifically like, the, after these, demons. As what? you started to evaluate, which I find so much attraction and i'm just gonna use the word sexiness as a human when they're able to zoom out and when you started to zoom out during these two months of your insomnia you're like the real live version of a fight club right like here you are you're edward norton you're not sleeping you're probably you're losing your mind when you're zooming out did you start to realize what it was that was creating this beyond you or did you take full responsibility and go this is me i'm i'm the you know yeah Really good question. Um, sometimes you have to lose your mind in order to mm. find mm. And the blessing, the gift that came from, from that was a breakdown. And because my father is such a blessing, thank God, God, universe, spirit, work yes. through, gave me that movie a year prior. I had already seen that movie. Oh. So it almost like planted the seed to prep me for when that breakdown was happening, I took personal responsibility. For anyone who hasn't seen the movie The Secret or read the book. I got to write that one down. I love, I love yeah, good movies. Huge walking billboard for this. Watch the damn movie. It's so good. The Secret or Secret? The Secret. Whoa. And it, it came out in like 06, I think, 04. The best ones. It's a book, too. So if you like reading, you can do that. But the point is, because that planted the seed, and it talked about um, taking personal responsibility for your experience, if you, the, the thing that I loved about the secret, for those of you who are familiar with the law of attraction, that which is likened to itself is drawn like a magnet. So like frequencies are gonna magnetize like frequencies, right? So when I had learned that, and the whole premise was like, where we put our thoughts and emotions consistently, where we focus our consistent habitual thoughts. Again, my mind was on autopilot. I was fearing, I was always worrying. I was like, pop this Connie, worry wart. What if this happens? What if that happens? And that comes right. from from you know the earlier stages in life parental units or media or just not feeling safe and i'll be honest through some things that happened in, in childhood i just didn't feel safe 
And then also with the bullying, I, I started becoming my own worst critic. I didn't feel safe with myself. Wow. So how could the world feel safe if I was the one that was my biggest tyrant and dragon? Right, right, right. I didn't fully know it then, Chenzo, but in the moment when I wasn't sleeping, I finally just was like, I have to make a freaking decision. Right. I to take charge because I'm where I'm at because of the momentum of thoughts. Not, not blaming anyone, it is, or myself, but I'm going to take action right now. And I just mm. decided I need to change my ways. I'm, I'm going to drive myself into my grave if I'm so overdriven, constantly seeking success, but never enjoying the journey. Never. Not stamping yourself successful. Yes. Well, so what happened was around that time, my girlfriend at work, one of my girlfriends came into my office. She had just made the Jacksonville Jaguars cheerleading squad. They're called the Roar of the Jaguars. Okay. And she's like, Michelle, you have to audition. And I'm like, what the F are you talking about? Like, I don't, back then, I'm like, I don't look like a cheerleader. I don't act like a cheerleader. I don't know how to do a pirouette, let even announce right. that. Uh, so she's like, no, no, no. I think you could do it. You have the sparkle. You have the energy. There's something in you that can make it. And when you're ready, I'll help you. Boy, did that plant a seed in my consciousness. And that's powerful. And th there's a lesson in that, that sometimes when someone else believes in us first, that's mm. what the fire to help give us the confidence. And that's exactly what happened. And that's why I'm passionate about mentorship and coaching. Sometimes we don't see our greatness or our abilities right. until someone reflects that or points it out or sees something yeah. you can't see just yet. So seriously, Chenzo, I was like, I got, went home and I kind of got excited about the thought. I'm like, this is so freaking big. Like who, who, who the F do I think I am to even right. think addition? So I told my friend, I'm like, listen, I'm getting my MBA now, but in a few years when I'm done, if, it, if you're still willing to help me, maybe. Well, now we were at that time, because that was a few years earlier. At that time, okay. when I, down, I made the decision when I was awake one night, because I couldn't sleep on month two, wow. uh, I thought I was dying. <laughs> I'm like, fuck this. I'm like, yes. I want to fucking live. Yes. That word intentionally. Because sometimes you have to rise, there has to this decisive action and and that word carries an essence and an energy of of power and power yeah. i made a decision i said you know what michelle we are gonna start dancing and i say we like me and right, my right, right 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 took over me i'm like let's start dancing let's start adding more fun i i've got to add levity and and like joy because i was just constantly stuck in the ha the hamster wheel the cycle of right. do, do instead of allow fun play besides yes. drinking and then, you know, over drinking. No, I know what you mean. Right. 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 Yep. So I made the decision and I went to my friend a week later and her name's Jennifer. And I said, Jennifer, all right, I'm ready to audition for the NFL. I have no effing idea what to do. I mean, <laughs> it was a lifelong dream as a kid. I wanted to be, right. a cheerleader, but I don't, I don't know where to start. But what I did, she's like, I'll show you. I, she introduced me to mentors and coaches. And I was right, like, right. take action. But what I did this time around is I took the advice from the movie, The Secret. And oh, in this, this movie, yes. You got to watch it, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's game changing. It's, it's just like, it's the gateway drug. There's so much more out there, but at least this will plant a seed. So in that movie, right. about, you've got to see it in your mind and feel it in your heart and you'll live it. Right. The, the thought plants the seed, but the emotion feeling is the key to manifest, to create, to, 
experience something in reality. And they talked about a vision board. So what a vision board is, are you familiar? Yep. Yes, Tell I am. Go ahead, can you share what you know about vision board? That's well, I was actually just talking about that today in my, my meeting. I think there's a few different variations. This one happened to kind of correlate into a corporate sense or a business sense. And they had this massive logistical system in their head and in their, in their web environment, but they yet after probably X amount of years in business have ever really jotted it out. So they were, I'm coming in as a consult to kind of give them a way to lean out their process. And they've never, they don't know their why of a lot of their sequences. And mm -hmm. I'm, and it, I, I cool comment collectively. I'm just like, well, why do we have a 10 digit number that's populated when a sales made? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, creating a 10 digit sequence code when a sales made logistically is a lot more complicated. Can we lean that out to maybe a, a timestamp? Cause it needed to be a unique uh, indication of a sale. And they're like, we never thought about that. I'm like, it's going to be longer, harder, and more cumbersome to do it. So my point is I said, why don't we zoom out? And like, why don't we not from a pretty perspective? Cause we're not trying to look for investments but why don't we jot this out? So even though I know that vision board was for their uh, a business and their service, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, it correlates into someone's personal life. And that is, why don't you kind of give yourself your own, did you watch Teddy Rupskin growing up? Did you ever have a Teddy Rupskin? I've seen it. I, I Remember I the, little, the little guy, he would talk, burr, burr, burr. Oh, he, yeah. it was yeah. a robot bear and his mouse would move. Yes. And Okay, I had a Teddy Rupskin and the books would, work in parallel with him talk. So you like press, it would have a tape in his back and you press play. And then you would go with the book and the book would be, and he'd be talking from the book. And you're like, oh my God, this thing. Well, here's what I loved about the book. The book had these maps, almost like a Bible. You know, like a Bible has the maps in the back. Mm -hmm. But instead of them just being like an arbitrary map of with no direction, they had like how to find the treasure. And I bring this book outside. And I was like, this is how I'm gonna find the world's treasure. And of course, I knew there wasn't a real treasure I'd find at the X, but I made pretend that the streets of, you know, Palm Coast and the F section were the streets, the, the same mapping system that was in the Teddy Rupskin books. So I would say a vision board to me is why don't you like a map, a map to where you want to go. And maybe the things that aren't even fun to deal with, maybe, maybe it be a job or maybe a situation, but identify them on there and how you're going to either deal with it, overcome it, slay it, eat it, et cetera. Is this fair, fair to say? Totally. Yes. And you, you hit the nail on the head. The, the science behind it is the brain does not know the difference between what you observe externally and what you imagine or like what actually or what you imagine in your mind. Now, the beauty of vision boards is you start to plant a seed of imagination yes. being a potentiality in the future. So what I did was I created a vision board where I photoshopped my cheerleaders bodies three of them no way yeah i was like i don't know how to be a cheerleader how else could i how else could i create this new idea because that's the key and that's the matter for anyone who's wanting to create more in their life up level expand in their love their health their money their career you must know that you are about to go on a journey of an identity shift and you have to be willing to surrender and release the old and become the new. Our goals and our dreams are our soul's blueprint. They're mm. so, so important to honor your desire. And that's what was, I was feeling a desire of like, wow, this goal is so freaking big. How am I ever gonna, this is so unbeyond my like comprehension that I could even right. make. You know how many women audition? I can't imagine. Like, 
in a given year, there's maybe about 850 women total in the United States out of the yeah. 30, 333 million, whatever. Like that's oh, it's a, it's a low, it's a golf number. It's a low number. There's only 800 that can actually make the team, or I'm sorry, there's 32 Eight. team. So if you think about how many people actually like make the teams, there's not a whole lot. That's what I mean. Okay, yeah. Thousands audition for the team. I'm like, what oh, is I see. You're saying, accumulatively speaking, across the NFL, there's only a, less than a thousand cheerleaders. Yeah, because there's yes. about 32 for those. Right. And tens of thousands are, are probably auditioning. Yeah. 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 So for me, I'm like, wow, this is so beyond what my mind could even grasp. But because right. I understood the power of vision from the movie and I started learning it, I created a vision board. And every day I would look at that vision board because I, I was able to because of Photoshop, see my face on a cheerleader's body. I'm like, that's what I could look like, maybe. So I started to imagine, I would take a minute or two as I looked at my three pictures on my vision board, as you know, I would see myself in the in the beautiful attire and like, how right. would it dance? Because I didn't really know how to dance either. So right. I, I was taking action, I was going to dance classes, but right. every, I would imagine, what would it be like to perform in front of 70,000 people? Like, what would it be like to be in the on the field? And caveat, caveat being that was a brand new team. So there's all this, right? That was like a... That had been around, it had been around like, yeah, like maybe 15, 20 years at that point, I think. Jaguars? Yeah, they came out in 95. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I thought they were, I guess it was when Sheer Khan or whatever took over, there was all this I, new... Right, the year before, I cheered the year, the last year of the Weavers. And okay. See that, and I remember that being a big rebrand and a bit. I almost felt like they had never even been in existence because they, unfortunately, were a horrible football team. <laughs> yeah. Here, a lot of it. Um, but this is amazing. So you, you legitimately have your face on a cheerleader's body. And where was your vision board? Lit, lit, uh, like I had it in my. I had a w big walk-in closet, so it was on my mirror. So every day that I was getting ready for doing about, you know going about my everyday, I also started a gratitude practice. So while I was being thankful for what I had and who I was, which is also key, if you want to create something new, you also need to be in the frequency or the feeling of appreciation for what you have. Because if you're constantly like, I don't want to be here, I don't like who I am, I just want to be there, that's not the frequency or the vibe that actually matches the energy you're going to be in when you hit your goal. So you have to learn how to tune your frequency. And I have courses on this called tuning to the frequency of love. I've got the achievement formula. I've got like home study courses that teach people how to become the next greatest because right. it takes a frequency a vibe an identity shift so every day i would look at those three photos and i would imagine this right. feel because remember the brain doesn't know the difference You're between right. imagine and what's real so i was starting to create neurocircuitry and this gets into the science of it neural pathways were literally being forged and formed in my brain mm. that signaled chemicals in my body that this was already true. Mm. I'm seeing a picture of her, the cheerleader version of me. I'm imagining how it would feel looking through my own eyes, hearing the sounds. I got visceral with it. And mm. then I took action. I went and took classes. I went right. and hired coaches. I gave myself three years to hit this goal. And I, I didn't, I put the blinders on and I was like, just go for it, Michelle. Forget the not good enough bullshit. Mm -hmm. Just have fun. And that was the magic that was it. A fun I, you're saying so many well everything you're saying is is beautiful but you say so many words that are my new my new way of living and it's been 
rest. Life is not that serious to play. And I've been saying this a lot recently too, and that is we grow up in a very high fructose corn syrup way of living and we spend 18 plus years from a nominal scholastic level because I didn't go to college, et cetera. If you go and you amplify that and you spend another five, 10 years, we grow up with summers off playing and being able to take a Teddy Rupskin book and it feels like it's real. Now I know, I know psychologically that those things, the, the allure of that imagination, unfortunately wears off with adulting. And I have this unique hypothesis of my own time of like, is it nurture nature of why we lose it? Is it because of the traffic, the, the sounds, the yelling, the screaming, the, the, the adulting, or is it actually clinical? Like, is it, or like, is it chemical? Is it really, are we losing the serotonin and the dopamine and this, does it require these additional triggers? Does it have to be sex, drugs, and alcohol? Can it, can it be a Teddy Rupskin book at 40? Can it? I don't know. I think so. And I think that I've tried to break away from, I use the word matrix, not, which is a really cliche thing to say, but it's so it's, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the matrix. It's the zoomed it's in fun. and I gotta, I gotta drive 45 minutes to get to X. And I wish that I could go like that and I would be there. And I know that it's going to take 45 minutes, but what I'm trying to do is fly on a carpet there, even though I'm in a car, I'm trying to maybe even I've been, uh, I have a very dear friend of mine when it comes to the ocean and we use the ocean as a means of transportation, which is probably the most fun thing, just swimming. And we'll swim from one place in Flagra to another. And that's, we get there and people are like, what the hell? And we're like, yep, we don't unfortunately have form of payment and any type of article of clothing, but we will be attending in hospital. <laughs> we will be patroning your establishment, but it's a, it's a, it's a funner, it's just a fun way of living, breaking away from the adulting. And I'm, I find uh, your story so refreshing because in that moment, I'll, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I can only imagine when you were your own my, uh, Steven Spielberg and scrutinizing yourself. And, and I use him as an analogy because I've heard he's like a pain to work with in real life, like behind the scenes. But for you to be just scrutinizing yourself, but have those moments of looking at yourself in this fairy tale nature, which by the way, quickly on a chivalrous perspective, woman, you are gorgeous. I mean, that I've seen the real photo and I'm sure it's probably better than the one you were looking at. So bravo to you on that. But to 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 relish in that moment takes I stole this from the chief of police here locally. He taught me you're only as good as your last twenty four mm-hmm. right and it correlates not only professionally because those men and women in uniform they may save a little baby's life, and then you may think like ah I'm good no you got do you got to do it again tomorrow, and you mm-hmm. may not even get recognition for it, and unfortunately they're even underserved and underpaid, but you got it you're only as good as your last twenty four I took that and I transferred into how I have to be better here and here Mm -hmm. and not to, unfortunately, there's something to be said relishing in those moments. It's like, here you are, you're in that moment. You're a cheerleader of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You've, you have become a statistical anomaly, right? Like you, you did it. And now it's your first game, your first this, and then you got to do it again next week, right? You got to be a Jacksonville Jaguar again next week. You may have, and maybe you had a shitty game one time. Maybe you didn't land the scoop of the perp, you know, and you got to do it again the next yeah. time. So I'm proud of you. And now if we can, here we are 
We're a cheerleader. Are we working professionally still at the time too? Are you working a, like a, 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 like a job? Are you in your profession at the same time or is this a full-time thing at the time? In the NFL, they require you to be part-time. Uh, something else you have to have, like the NFL is not your full-time thing. Um, being okay. ambassadors of two multi, multi-million, billion-dollar brands, we right. have full, well-rounded like persona. We're representing, you know, both the NFL and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and so their requirement is that you have to be either full-time work, business owner, entrepreneur, student, mother, okay. got something going on besides right. the NFL, which it, you know, took a lot of effort and work, which loved every moment and second of it. It, it wasn't just, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, yay, I've arrived. Like, <laughs> I, I taught a, I taught a program called Bring Your A Game because everything's game day. I worked with um, mm. L Davis and Reggie Rivers back when I lived in Denver and, um, Part of in that program, I teach the, the valuable lessons that came out of be, becoming an NFL cheerleader, like what I learned and how to apply game day principles to life. And to your point, it's like you we had to practice as if we were in game day, like every day is game day. Mm -hmm. Like you're only as good as your last 24, like the law enforcement mentioned. It's like it's game day. Life is now. Mm -hmm. It's like get on the field show up, suit up, show up, zip up your boots and um, cheerleader speak and like get out into the field. And it's not, it's not a dress rehearsal, right? Like even I though love it. we practiced as right. this game day, we celebrated in advance. Like, and that's valuable for life too. The cheerleaders, we, every, you know, every down forward progress, cheering, like yeah. anticipating and expecting a positive end result. Not that that's, always going to be the case. But I think right. if, if we can train our brains, listen, you can either think negatively or, or positively and, and throw out negative, positive. Let's say you can either think thoughts that serve you and move you forward in your mm -hmm. life, or you could think thoughts that expand you, um, mm -hmm. like that move you forward, expand you or thoughts that hold you back right. that don't serve you or serve you. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because I've noticed Nobody wants, and, and I say this on a cynical note, because we're at the end of the day, from a tribal perspective, everybody wants to have more bundles of food and wood and storage than, than your, your neighbor. It's just, we're programmed, I think, that way. Those that break that cycle and actually live a benevolent lifestyle, whether it be material and or metaphysical, I think requires a more it's harder to be that way to go damn it fine you can have my food and don't tell the person that that was your last you know piece mm -hmm. of meat and I think what's interesting and I've been using this analogy a lot through my own hyperbolic time chamber that I put myself in and that is I have been so blessed my whole life with meeting so many beautiful people and I have this saying that like beautiful things happen to beautiful people. And I'm not being vain. I'm not saying like, no. it's, but I've noticed that no matter where I travel and where I go, if, if you exercise beauty, and I just sat down with a beautiful man the other day, he was actually on this uh, thing, beautiful man. And he, 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 everything he says, everything he does. And of course, this is in public. I'm not saying in his private life, for all I know, he's a murderer. I don't know. <laughs> when he's out in public, 
he, you can tell people, we have a hard time hanging out because of the attraction mm -hmm. of this people that are just magnetized to this man. And he's not Brad Pitt. He's not the wealthiest man in the world. But to me, he is the most successful person I've ever met because of the, he has this peace about him. And I say all this because a dolphin doesn't know they're beautiful, right? A dolphin, a dolphin's look serves a utility. They're slippery and shiny because it helps them swim better. Their curvature to their mouth is only because it helps the audible nature and the way they communicate. Their everything, their dorsal fins, the way they move, everything that they do actually serves a purpose. Yes, they're one of the only few animals in the world that have recreational sex, which is actually ironic. And then some other things, and they do play. But yeah. ironically, they don't know they're beautiful. Yeah. But yet you look at them and they're like, golly, you, it's like they almost know. It's like, don't you, they must know they are the apex beauty of all of the ocean, in my opinion. But they don't know. And I see this more and more in life. And I was victim to it. You were victim to it. And you're still, we, we're still possible to fall victim to it. And that is relish in your success, not monetarily. Yeah. Not, those are great too. If you've got a couple bucks, save it. But yeah, spend a couple bucks on yourself and enjoy yourself. But yeah. I think, I think mentally, and I'm, I know you know this, but it's good to remember it. And you're reminding me it's, it's to relish in some of that, you know, like, so here you are as this cheerleader, did the cheerleading era of your life actually permeate into your private life? Did you start to kind of look at yourself a little different? Did you start to enjoy or were you still battling a dragon or did you, like, where were you? Good question. No, the, I made a decision that night with insomnia after two months of feeling like I was going to die. I made the decision that play and fun have to be like non-negotiable. So the, the energy, the fuel that I put into it, it wasn't dirty fuel, like got to be good enough, got to be mm -hmm. significant enough. Although maybe there was, you know, being significant, I mean, becoming a performer and, you know, someone in the, community, like there's some level of probably significance. And I own that. I, I love and honor all aspects of what, why I might do something. My drive was that I wanted to prove it to myself that I could just, A, have fun. <laughs> and so, so the, that carried through with everything I was doing. So when I did make it to the top, it did take three years. And what I found, it was, it was every step. And Chenzo it literally is like, it's never just about the goal. It's about who you have to become. Mm. It's about the, and I've heard Dr. Joe Dispenza talk about this and others where they say, it is a constant space of overcome and overcome and overcome the dragons. I love that you use dragons. I'd never use that, but I really like that. I call it the shadow or the, you know, the demons and love our shadow, own it, love the dragon mm -hmm. for whatever it might be helping and teaching you and evolving into. And at the same time, realize that it is in the overcome and overcome that you eventually become mm. the there, providing that you, you keep claiming the full vision of it. You allow yourself to dream. And I'd say that was the biggest thing that shifted my, me getting out of corporate. When I made the NFL by that third year, I retired from my corporate job and started my own business, life coaching, helping people with success coaching, okay. confidence, because I felt the journey I went on for three years if I could do it, and I was a tomboy. Right, right. 
as I called it, it felt, I felt like the ugly duckling tomboy that, you know, wasn't different than anyone else. I didn't think I was any more special. And the magic is that we are so special. And I realized mm -hmm. each of us have a beautiful gift. And I wanted to, I didn't want to be fueling the problem in society of like keeping those thoughts generating of not good enough. I wanted to be part of the solution. And so that's when I retired from corporate the same year I made the NFL, started my own company and started building a life coaching business and a speaking business to help get the message out there of empowerment, of possibility that like when you are willing to walk with your shadow, face it, the dragons, mm -hmm. not be defined by it and also hold a greater possibility, a greater mm -hmm. vision of yourself, despite what the external is. Because remember, the external is just a projection of mm -hmm. how ourselves consciously so my by choosing fun and play to infuse that into the journey made it a gorgeous experience i can't say that that's the case for everyone i cheered right. along other beautiful gorgeous women that mm -hmm. i had such compassion for because some of them did face the not good enough right. we're coming from and and that's not just cheerleaders there's celebrities there's athletes there's everyday folks like us, like just all of us and entrepreneurs, moms, dads, like we're all just doing the best we can. Mm -hmm. And I think we learn the power that we do have where we can actually create our dreams if we are willing to go there. Like sometimes you, those go there. Well, I think, and it's just funny because I, I'm no, I don't brand myself as a business expert or, a, but I have more and more people that even in, passing at a restaurant will be like, what should I do at my restaurant? I'm like, I don't, what do I do? I can't even cook. What do you mean? What do I do? And I've been trying to get more, it's almost like receiving a gift and just receiving. And instead of being like, I, I don't know, I preface it with, I don't know, but I, let me think here. And the other day, and it kind of correlates in the metaphysical you ever seen those people, whether it's their private life or business life, like, no one wants to be here. No one wants to come here. No one wants to hang out with me. Nobody wants to eat here. No one wants to do this. And I said, well, why don't we, why don't you hang out here? He's a, he's a, he's a non-present owner. He oh. wants to be, he's trying to stimulate that. Yeah. So while you hang out here with me, I'll come hang out with you. I can't, I'm not your source. I'm not going to fix anything, but I'll bring a few guys. We'll watch some soccer here, but well, if you come, I'll come. I said, really? Oh, well. So yeah, you, you go, I'll go. And then I go, you know what we should also do? I said, I'll, we'll park in the parking lot. I ever noticed that like when one person goes there, it's like a urinal. Have you ever seen that joke yet online? There's a meme where like men have the problem with urinals because there could be six urinals open and there's, there's the guy and you you're the first one in you go, I'm going to go in the corner. And then the next guy comes in and he goes right next to you. I've not known that side, but that's, that's oh, it's a, it's a, it's a band joke. And it, it's true. You could literally have like 10 and there's always, and you go, all right, we're doing this. We're, 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 what's up, man? We're get all the spot that you want to be. Okay. And this thing correlates in the real life. You ever go by a, a restaurant in the parking lot, something and you're like, mm. but it, it's packed. And you're like, I think I'm going to grow, you know, like you drive by, you're like, I'm going to go in there. What's going on in there? My point in saying all that is I don't, really exercise the whole we grew up in the same era where like greed is good act as if the whole boiler room and the America, yeah. you know like the wall street movies and the, all those things and it was like once again act as if and i must have exercised that statement forever like go out look like you're a million bucks and you're going to get a million bucks so there's a fine line i think between 
exercising it here versus here, like wearing a fake Rolex to get a customer. In your heart. I don't, right. And I don't think you're preaching the act as if more than it is act as if here. And here. And here. More important. And, yeah, you're 100% correct. Secret. It's the feeling. It's not, you're going to act because you're going to want to act because there's a feeling that it's igniting your passion and your desire. Right. So you're correct. It's, it's not just the act as if there's a part of that, that when paired with the feeling. If that and I think that's where, where the imposter syndrome can come in. For instance, you need your, your, let's just use the cheerleading thing again. You're a cheerleader. You got your boots zipped up. You're on your way to practice. You look yourself in the mirror and you go, I'm horrible. There's no way I'm doing it. And you're like, those are the imposter syndromes where you're supposed to act as if, cause you are, you are, you got, you were, you, you made it, you got it. And even though you may feel like you didn't deserve it or you're not good enough, defeat that now with that, that inside of the, this, I can't wait to watch this movie. Um, and it's interesting because once again, you can hear sound bites and stuff like this on some of the most successful podcasts or whatever people syndicate to. And it's like, it can sometimes be so distasteful because you're like, these fucking guys, you know, these, this. <laughs> like, okay, Rogan, we know you eat your elk and we know, you know, liver king. It's, we got you, you eat balls, you're sexy, we know. And it can kind of turn off like, but what I seem to thrive on is when the vulnerability kicks in, yeah. you know, and you have such this, I watched your content. And it's so, to me, it marries the two hardest things to marry, and that's entertainment and education. Mm. And you have this really, this, you have this nonverbal way of being vulnerable. I don't, because I, I went through a lot more of your content before this to see what I could pick up. And you're not very personal in a good way. I'm not saying that from it. Like, you don't, you're keep, you have this really, but yet you're so, you have this tenderness about you. Mm. And I find that to be like, are you a mom? If you mind, are you, do you have kids? No, I'm a pet mom. Cause you once you have this, well, I think all women have it in them, whether you actually have the kid or not, but you have this, like, you have this nurture nature about you. And mm -hmm. what, as you started to adult, was that, were you like this then too? Cause you started, the, were you, were you this same? Did you have this demeanor about you where you had this like agape benevolent feeling that I feel, or were you more, were you coming off the corpo scene and kind of being like, what can you do for me? Or had you, you know what I mean? You hear my heart. I was more in, I was more in the wounded, um, wounded masculine mm. side, like, and wounded feminine too. Wounded masculine being like walls up, fight, control, don't come near me, dominate. Mm. Wounded feminine, like kind of like disappointment, needy, um, just almost like victim consciousness of like, why me, poor me. And not saying, listen, we all grow. No, I know crazy things, but it was just like, anything could set me off of like, they're doing this to me. This is happening. Mm, mm, mm. I was in my wounding. And while I'd like to say, and I still had a love for like friends, partners, you know, you know relationships, family, stuff like that. Um, I wasn't as outward focused. I didn't understand that because I didn't love myself. And that's, that's my message. While I help right now, 
I help ambitious women align and attract love while loving themselves and without mm. themselves. I'm a love attraction coach and NLP master practitioner. I do all that. I work with men too for, and women for breakthroughs to break through a block that's holding them back. But it's through the, the all through that, what I do, the root of it is self-love. Because mm. every relationship stems from your relationship with self. So when you asked, how was, how was I when I was coming off of that? I mean, I was, had trauma, I was wounded. I needed to heal, I needed to be with self. I needed to right. allow feminine energy within me, which again, men and women have both energies in, right. whether you're binary, like any sex, Correct. it's, we have both energies within us that, that right. even just when you inhale, that's a feminine energy. When you exhale, that's a masculine energy. Giving out masculine, receiving feminine, right? right. So I, I think, over time, as I started to understand how to love self more, I was able to, this tenderness that you're feeling, which by the way, thank you, what a, a beautiful compliment mm. that. I think you feel that because that authenticity, vulnerability, and genuine like love and outward focusness, A for self, because I make sure I go first. Correct. Taking care of me so that I right. have more to give, more to share, more to flow into the world. So there was a shift. And I think when all of us start to self-lead ourselves and empower our lives by, when I say empowerment, I'm not saying ignore the disempowering parts of ourselves. I mean, love them, mm -hmm. embrace them, handle right. the, you can call them slaying them, but also why not make the dragon your friend and understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I've cultivated something new that I never used to say because of your dialogue. And I'm going to not only continue to use the dragon as the analogy of the, the carfuffles in life, but now maybe we ride the dragon. Yeah, with the dragon. I love that. I'm going to borrow that and I'll give you credit. You can okay. have it. Um, I am like an avatar. Yeah. Where She's he so sexy. That late, that girl gets me. I'm the. I'm, <laughs> it was Little Mermaid and her got me. I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm an interspecies, like attract. She's beautiful. That avatar lady you really um, but yes the, you're correct they ride and they they do the little they connect and i think there's such a metaphor in avatar about when he had to he had to dominate control the right called it the big the big one yeah yeah yeah. but it was in it wasn't actually in dominating it it was yeah aligning siding with it yeah inciting dancing with it and i think that's a great analogy for our life I think that movie Avatar is a beautiful analogy. Matrix. There's so many great movies out there that. Has oh man! Well, my um, my Bible, the the movie. If I only had one, I actually only do have one on my phone downloaded in the event I'm isolated and I need a break away. I haven't even used it yet. On the phone, meaning like if I watch it, and um, I don't watch it with a lot of people because it's 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 my it's my everything is hook. Really, and it's weird because I, I just watched it recently. You know, you could watch it every single day, and every single day you're a little bit older, a little bit different. And I hadn't really watched it like I watched it recently. Is like I was like, I never realized that they were portraying Robin as this very neurotic, you know, cynical man and working hard. And I never, I never vibed with that. Wasn't where I where I vibed was. I felt like Jack, the, the, the son who didn't have like, hey, I'm, I'm over here, you know? And mm -hmm. I, 
But what I really to this and just recently watching it fresh and, and just like, I cry too. I cried the whole, it's, I have this other problem. I don't know if it's a problem, but I can't watch home movies without ball, like, like heaving crying. It's very weird. And I didn't have any trauma or anything. So I don't have any like, oh my God, maybe home I. Home movies with family? No, even by myself. Oh, watch. No, I've, yeah, I don't even know. I don't think I've ever really ever talked about it publicly. And I'm, it's not a woe gone. It's part of me. But I remember when I started to be able to, I was probably in a single digit age, but I became old enough to know how to work the VCR. And I put the movie oh. in and I would grab a towel, like a little, like, 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 like a, a beach, like a towel. And I would sit there and like, I don't know what I, what, what I was. I wasn't sad. I wasn't mad, but I don't know. I don't know what how to describe that. But that, that's actually, thank God you as a, in that adult, you know, young adulthood or childhood into adulthood had that outlet. So many people don't think it's safe to even feel. And so the fact that you even had a, like consciously your spirit guided you to feel emotions, like that's a very healthy expression. And I think what we're moving into, I know I'm part of the solution and a lot of mm -hmm. other you and others in this space that are getting messages out there of like, it's okay not to be okay. And it's yes. okay your emotions like it like Instagram trying to look at Instagram like that's mm. the perfectionism and filters right. and I like a good lighting filter but it, but in the end it's being able to walk with each other and be like right like look if you were able to feel your emotions and and that has created a healthy expression for you you may still have dragons we all do yes let's help other people feel safe to right feel to to ride their dragons and feel you know so i think that's great that you were guided to well thank you and i could say um you just that was another that's one of my other uh keywords of life that was given to me over the last probably 10 plus years which has been unbelievable and i've had some of the most beautiful people say some of the common denominator has always been the word safe i feel safe with you and i remember being told that for the first time and it wasn't even from a companionship perspective more than it was just someone who was a someone who I habitually hung out with. And one day they caught me off guard and I'm a big fan of like watching cartoons and stuff. And they were just over on a Saturday morning watching some cartoons and they go, they just like looked over me like, I feel so safe with you. And I was like, <clears throat> what? And I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not like, it's not because I'm like, what's, what's the water man named Jason Samoa or whatever. I'm not like this yeah. big guy and I pretend I'm just a simple little guy. And I'm like, you feel safe. And they went into this like five minute speech about why. And I'm like, Boop. but it, the word safe is, so it's what we all want, right? We all want to be well pursued and well wanted. And I have something that I've been asking myself when people, I have a lot of people confide in me and not all of it's sometimes good. And meaning not good because they're just, can't seem to smile and to and to play and i've noticed those that constantly complain and we're all guilty of it so i'm not picking anybody but i ask people now would you hang out with yourself you know would you be your friend would you you know whether they're a family member an acquaintance or a fellow co-worker and you find them they're the people that seem to be the most isolated and ostracized from society are the ones that are just, they wouldn't hang out with themselves. It's almost a rhetorical question. And I'm not trying to change the world, 
more than I'm like, why don't you just focus on the six inches in front of your face? Yeah. Don't be like me when I was, and I, I still was so thankful. I had a gay couple once catch me off guard in Flagler and walk up to me, two guys, and you could just immediately tell they were me. You could just tell the happiness. They were just like, they weren't, they weren't breathing. They were sucking in life and it was mm -hmm. beautiful. And I had been at a, a I was at a, a venue and it was midday and I had just concluded a really wonderful lunch and great energy. And I could tell they were just staring over at us in a great way, just like wanted to be with us. And this happens to me a lot. And I'm, it's, it's currency to my soul. I'm like, oh. so as soon as I conclude the, the, the lunch and I'm like, give them a hug, love, like take care. They like come running over. They're like, you're Chenzo, right? You're Chenzo. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And they were just so excited. Beach, two beach bums, too, which are my favorite, you know? And they're like, listen, I'm Bruder. This is Bruder. We have a question for you. I'm like, yes. We've been dying to talk to you. When did you fall in love with yourself? And at first, you, you would, if you tell the story without the caveat, that question could be so demeaning, right? Like, would you fall in love with yourself? So yeah. let, it was so well received. It wasn't like, when did you fall in love with yourself, dude? It was like, we have to know, when did you fall in love with yourself? And they're looking at me, like salivating at the mouth. It's like, and these are, they're grown men, older, older men. And I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, oh. And I go 25, because it hit, because I spent, 25 was a huge, uh, I went through a massive metamorphosis. I was living out of the States for a while, but we won't go there right now. But point is, I remember specifically 25 being, and it happens to coincide with a pretty cool number, and I was like 25. And they're like, they looked at each other like, like they had this hypothesis and theory on me. And I'm like, is that bad? Is that bad? Like, did I do good? And they're like, we haven't yet. <laughs> and I was like, like, and these are grown men still enjoying life. But what it taught me, and of course we had a, we had a wonderful little sidebar chitty chat. And what I extracted from that conversation was they are not waiting to love, even though they don't love themselves. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And it, having a willingness is the first step. I bet you, you must see this on tremendous scale. It's almost like the P I, I see soccer four or five days a week recreationally. And I could tell you what a ball smells like grass smells like when it's going to rain, when it's not, I could tell you what, and you must be able to, you must see so much in companionship, which is what the world revolves around companionship, money, and sustainability, right? Like, and it's, you must see so many people that are probably living a life of void of companionship because they don't love themselves. And also being in companionship with toxic relationships of themselves. And I've seen detrimental, horrible, scenarios on that realm too and so the the common denominator the simplicity of it and it's it's one thing to be like oh love yourself it's like uh, i am on a continual journey of deepening into self-love when you ask the question like when those guys said how when how old were you when you fell in love with yourself I, honestly chenzo last night was like a new layer of i was like up at like two in the morning and i like had an epiphany and I got to deepen into self-love at a new level. And so I think as long as we're committed to self and committed to mm -hmm. the 
relationship with self, we don't have to have it all figured out. And if you do, if there was a defining moment for me, it's been these little defining moments, little steps. It wasn't one because I was faced last week. I had shadow dragons surfacing of areas where I wasn't loving aspects of self. So it's like, I'm not, I, I have an understanding and compassion for humanity. And I think you do too, because you don't have it all perfect. doesn't matter who you are. And mark my words, when you look out at someone else's exterior, don't judge someone else's exterior with your interior because you ha we have no freaking idea what someone's growing through. And, you know, I think for me, it's been little steps of willingness to love self a little more, to, to make a choice, to pivot in a moment where I can make a new decision, shift there. And to your question, yes, when people have not decided that they just choose to at least be willing to love themselves, if they haven't made that decision yet, then you will, you will attract relationships like mm -hmm. a magnet. This is not just law of attract. There's actual right. magnetism, but then there's also science and biology, your reticular activating system and your modulates both sleep cycle and what you are able to pay attention to will only show you that what you're putting out. Mm. So if you have not decided, if you, if you are in a space where you're constantly looking outside of yourself for your needs to be met for your values, and sometimes that comes because of trauma, and I get that. It's, right. And willingness to love self means willingness to face the dragons and mm. learn how to ride them, learn how to harness them and also be willing to invite in the unicorns to the lovely parts of yourself. It, it's perfect. I have, um, because you're, you're, you're head deep in people's and, and society regarding the love factor. Do you see almost as if you were like an MD and you're and you work at and you have your own medical practice and you got people coming and I'm like, are you seeing a lot of people coming in with runny noses right now? Is it scraped knees? Is it like, are you seeing a larger portion of, let's call them, whether they're problems or issues in, relate, in, in, in companionships? Or is it still, is it not still, is it diversified where you could take 20 people and each one have something very unique, whether it be this one's trauma. So it's like a, is this making sense? Like, is or from what the issue is in their relationship? Like, yeah, like the. Re what do you see right now on a relationship scope? Is it seem to be like no one can find suitable? I think it's fair to say that let's just say you take someone in our near around our age demographic, and they're a single, and they're looking for companionship. Is there seem to be? really tall tale signs that you're indicating like, well, you are X, Y, you know what I mean? Like, is there seem to be a higher frequency of some type of situation syndrome across the board where once again, I guess I'll, I'll say this, like my, my theory would be, cause I have a lot of people that do confide in me about specifically relationships or lack thereof and or the ones that they're, that had been through the, the dating game and the companionship game it's, it's, I extracted this from what you said earlier. It's almost worse to be in one and not be loving yourself because now you're not receiving, even if there is love or lack thereof. Is this making sense? Even, you can only give what you give to yourself. You can only receive back from others what you're willing to give to yourself. Right. So that's a great question. Is there like a commonality or is there a, a trend? 
Um, a trend that I see in um, breakdown is there's no good men. They're like, oh, there's no good men, Michelle. Or there's no good women. Or I don't know, there's no good men in Arizona. There's no good men in Denver. There's no, whatever, like from, from my female clients. Um, and I think the trend in that is it's a belief system. So like mm. the common blocks that I see in relationship breakdown is yes, where might there be a disconnect with loving self? And sometimes it's not. Sometimes someone is like, I'm amazing, but I can't find someone to hang with my awesomeness. And if, in women, specifically ambitious driven women, and I was one of them, where it was this almost like superiority complex of like, I gotta, it is almost like the wounded feminine. That's really what it is. Wounded feminine, wounded masculine energies within when we're mm -hmm. like, well, no one else can handle or hang or hold the container that I need. So I guess I have to do it all on my own. It's like the martyr. Mm. Like, I just have to be the one, like, I'm the badass. I wear the pants. Like, you right. feel like that comes, that shadow frequency comes from limiting beliefs. And it also comes from not feeling safe, feeling mm. built up walls. And so the loving self, but also that is almost an indication of not fully loving self because usually you're covering up a fear of not feeling safe, mostly with not feeling safe with yourself. Mm. Or it could be didn't feel safe with a parent, with a man like growing up. Mm -hmm. or men didn't feel safe with a female figure. And, and, and that, but also it's an indicator of like, what part of you, the feminine that that's reflecting, are you not, is not healed? I believe relationships are the divine's tool to help us know ourselves and decide and declare who we choose to be in relation to another. If it mm. was you, Chenzo, on an island and you're like doing all your shadow work, you're healed, you're like, I'm good, I'm amazing, but there's no one to bounce, project, mirror things to, like relationships are God's tool to help you know yourself and then just agree with you. Who do you choose to be in relation to this human? Mm -hmm. But the key is to know thyself and to allow that relationship container, whether it be a romantic experience or business or with parents, kids, like whatever your relationships are, allow them to be a tool to help yourself grow, evolve, and become who you choose. Right. So I think someone's definition of, the, of relationships, if someone's definition is I want to find the one who's going to complete me and we're going to live happily ever after. Mm. We get into some really sticky waters because yes. then fundamentally you're saying something outside of me has to complete me. I am not, you're saying to yourself in consciousness, I am not whole. Therefore I need to look outside of myself to feel good enough, worthy enough, pretty enough, financially supported. And again, whatever anyone's desires are totally fine, but, the universe, i.e. your higher self, will intercede and will step in and magnetize partners to you that will help you heal the wound of not loving self and or the mm. wound of not realizing that you are the one. So what you're saying is, uh, is so beautiful. And it seems, once again, when people hear things like this, and I speak for myself because once again, I, I think you and I are similar in the aspect of not trying to entertain ourselves as much as we're trying to educate ourselves and you it can be it can it can turn off so many people when you may tune into something like this or hear a sound bite of it because there's this inadvertent high th theory that you have that will like must be nice to be you guys but what they're not realizing and it took me years to get to this perspective is that 
I was so blessed with being able to remove myself from first world by not knowing what I was doing because I was young. I just had this desire to do something and be away. And, and I didn't know I was doing it then, but I, by consequence of following basically the star in the sky that like is in hook, just this, I just had this, and I wasn't support. And I don't say this from a woe was me, but I wasn't supported. I didn't have like, that's a great idea from anyone or anything except my, my one guy who's no longer here. He was the one that's like, I'll pack your bags. But with the immediate people and things around my, me, were no, everything I wanted to do, I was told that it was pretty stupid to do. And I still continue to pursue it. And I was pursuing something I didn't know existed, but I felt like it did. And by consequence of doing so, some of the ramifications were stripping myself of vanity. I had always wanted to be the sexiest, richest, I wanted it all. Who didn't? Who, who, could grad, who could grow up in the late 80s, early 90s and not want to be greed as good? I mean, it was the way we, you know, it was, well, we, we were, wanted to be. The thoughts that were planted in our paradigm. Right. It was in our, it was in that high fructose corn syrup. And then I stripped myself and all this didn't happen in one shot. It was an aggregated situation. And accumulatively speaking, next thing you know, I'm in a third world country and I'm slowly but surely stripping myself of every luxury known to mankind mm. and i find myself reluctantly enjoying the ringing inside of my ears when it's it started to become music by consequence of no internet no friends no family everyone you know you don't really trust because you don't know anyone wow you you are you start to you really start to realize that you, everything beyond you is, we say the word extraordinary so fast. And I try to slow it down now and it's extraordinary to have air condition. Mm -hmm. It's extraordinary to have one friend. It's extraordinary to have access to a grocery store. And all of these sound like first, they, they, this isn't just correlate with the acquisition of things or people, but when you really do become comfortable with yourself and accept it, and no, you're going to still not like it. You're not going to like, I'm aging and it's happening and I don't think I'm getting gray. I think it's the sheen of the sun is changing. So I think it's, but it's a byproduct of realizing that you are sexy, you are successful. And you really are what you say. And it took me years. I'd probably say it's still new to me that within the last five years, when I say that, because that's just like an easy adulting term, like it was five years ago. Um, I don't say I'm fat anymore out loud to my companion or my like, oh, and we all, I was guilty of it. I hope, I'm sure we all are, but you are, you disgusted with yourself maybe on a particular morning or this, or you tried the shirt on or that and you shame yourself, and it's true. You, I've seen two things work in the adulting realm. Make fun of somebody for something, and you'll look like it tomorrow at noon, right? Make fun of someone who's balding, or make fun of someone who's fat, and tomorrow you'll be fat and bald. And if you say you're fat and bald, it will happen too. Mm -hmm. So- Our wand. It, yeah, it's so, it sounds so dumb. Like you get what you put out, but it's, it's, 
and so happens. And now I, when I'm praying and sometimes I, I, oh, not sometimes I pray with a lot of people and it's so, it's like, I feel like a million dollars. Well, I, not the money. I, I got to stop saying that. I feel like I'm flying in the sky when someone calls and says, will you pray for me? Cause I pray really weird. I don't pray like hell. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any way of praying, but I don't like to say the same thing. And I don't like to recite things. And I'll say some things that are pretty re re redundant. And that is like, keep me young and keep me healthy. You know, keep me sexy and keep me, and it feels good. It feels good. And, and I know when I was going through my first ever injury that took me out of soccer, it took me three months, which in my opinion was way too long to stand in victory and go, I'm going to be back stronger and faster and better, which was completely in defiance of what the doctors were saying. And it happened. It really happened. And I remember when I was just a little kid, anxious idiot syndrome kid, I, who didn't read, well, if you were a struggling entrepreneur at some point, we all read the same books and this, that, and the other. And someone had taught me like put on a post-it note, almost like a vision board, but put on a post-it note how much you want to make in a year. Yeah. And I remember like, well, that's pretty stupid. Like, okay. But I did it. And I remember I was young and I was just, I just did it because they, they said to did it. I wasn't really living it. And then I started to live it. And then I remember when I surpassed it, I'm like, wait a minute, is this really, is this real? Like I could just, and I think you and I both are enlightened enough to go, it's not that simple just to write it. You have to live it. You got to speak it. You got to exercise it. Yeah. And I say this as a peer of yours, not a superior. I'm so proud of you. Mm. I'm so proud of you that you, because I know by consequence of you being human, by consequence of you adulting, you are dealing with, we, we, have, a, we have more reasons not to exercise a, 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 a happy, whimsical way of life than we do to be mad. It's easier to be mad. It's easier to go, you know what? he or she did this to me. And I mean, that's why our legal system is jam packed with civil cases of yeah. I'm suing him for $600 because he, and I'm thinking, just let it go. Yep. Just let it go. And I understand that he did it. I know they did it. You need the money. We all need the money, but you really, for me to call a vendor and dispute a charge it needs to be a decent chunk of change because you really equate the time over money. And I don't have an hourly and I'm not saying that everything comes down to a monetary, but if it's going to take you six hours to get 10 bucks off your FPL bill, it's one thing to make sure that it's not going to happen again. Yeah. But if you know it was some random charge and they overcharge, or even at a restaurant, like what was this $10 bill charge for? But you knew it was an isolated moment and you're not going to, maybe you don't go back. You change your frequency but are you really going to go drive an hour and a half to go get that tempo? And there are people, and you must see it all the time, love. There's people that are just, and it's not a money thing. I'm just using that as the analogy. No, it's, it's, do you, do you see that a lot in your, in your adulting realm now with those that are, which I find to be so precious that you're, you're a love helper. That's like, it's like who that would be like my dream, which I do kind of, but like you do that. Do you just see people like, I'm going to go drive four hours to tell him what he did to me. I don't anymore. And I say, okay. there's a saying, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm. Gandhi said it or Buddha, someone, one of the teachers said it. And so 
I don't anymore because I don't think I attract that frequency. That's a, that's a very large lack frequency. I used to be in it. So I think when I was in that squandering, like kind of that wounding of like, and, and again, a lot of it is shaped by our paradigms. Right, right, right. From growing up, if you were in a frugal household or you didn't have a lot or you were dead ass broke and poor and like struggling, you didn't eat. Like there's a lot of things that go into shaping wealth consciousness, love and relationships consciousness, health consciousness. I feel like your energy is your currency. And I think when we decide to channel our energy, nothing's going to be given to us. Like you rise up, go first, decide. In those moments when I've been in breakdown, I've had success is a decision away. Change happens the moment you make a decision. It doesn't mean it's going to be an overnight thing. You've got to be willing to overcome and overcome to be. It doesn't mean you have to struggle or be in pain. I think suffering comes from meaning we place on pain. If we're in pain, which I actually was recently, tweaked my back and I was in a lot of freaking I was laying on the floor and I'm like, well, F. (laughs) Like, I I just, I surrendered to the divine and I'm like, this is freaking painful. I'm open to doing the work. I'm open to healing. I'm open to miracles and the divine to come in if everything is happening for me it's not happening to me is there an area where i could improve maybe because i believe that we create our realities through our thoughts our feelings and our consciousness and sometimes it's not conscious sometimes it's unconscious sometimes it's from our upbringing so i'd say as i have done the work within and continue to do so to be the best version of me to go first to lead from a place of love and um alignment and and joy, it's not been easy. And believe me, like, I, I think people tend to look at where you are now and then mm-hmm. for you to say, it's like, well, here's, here's the befores. Here's what I've grown through. And here's every moment of every day. Not a day goes by that there's not some shadow thought that comes up or big or small that I'm like, all right, let's handle it. So I don't really have, I don't attract those kinds of people in that space. And it's not, the, the, it's not the people that are, it's not, I'm not judging anyone. I know, I know you mean. It's the behavior and the energy. Mm-hmm. I was that person. As I have become more dedicated to self-leadership, to empowerment, to loving self, feeling my emotions, to being present with my humanness, not trying to, I, perfectionism is something I still battle with. <laughs> and and I, that's a dance in and of itself. So I don't, I don't have that a lot. Um, the times that I do, that I have experience if someone's kind of in a squandering or lack mindset about they're, I'm going to stick it to them. I got to get this like retribution. I've got to get my own. Um, you know, I would say that the universe doesn't create debts. Mm. Like there, if there is something where you're feeling like there's a debt or some or owed to you. And I heard this from Dr. Michael Beckwith. I would recommend taking a look within where does forgiveness need to be have within or forgiveness in you know, a situation um, and where can you decide to shift that energy? You're using your, you're wasting your currency of energy. You're spending your currency of energy. Where do you choose to invest it? Do you want to invest it in nickel and diming? And if, if that's feels joyful to you, keep doing it. If it doesn't, if it feels constrictive in your body and if it feels like there's never enough, take a look at it. Be willing to be present with that dragon. And, and mm. the divine, whatever you relate to, God, universe, source, spirit, 
consciousness. Right. I'm willing. And that's my favorite term. I'm willing. Mm. Show me my step. I, um, here we go again. I'm just like, it's beautiful. Um, I've noticed for those by consequence of me talking with so many people and them looking at me for like, help me. I'm like, listen, you're helping me by consequence of just talking with me. It's so beautiful and enlightening. And I recently, I was able to kind of come up with this like outlook on how we're all so responsible for, it's like we're everybody's rotten tomatoes, like review, right? You ever notice that? Let's say you and I see each other rather frequently, whether it's a work situation, recreational situation, and you one day say to me, listen, this guy. And I've noticed that because we're tribal and we want to build camaraderie and we want to like the same things and we don't want, we want to eat, you know, we want to, I'm like, and I don't know the guy. And I'm like, this guy. And I've noticed this unique thing in this adulting game where let's say the guy's even a companion and you're like, this guy is this, he's that. And now if I'm, if I'm not sound mind, which a lot of people aren't, maybe in that moment or all together, I form this negative connotation towards this human. I'm like, this guy. And I'll amplify it where I'm in, I'm trying to be with you too. I'm like, I'm courting you. And I'm like, oh, well, in this case, I really don't like this guy. And now I have this opinion of this man must be beheaded, figuratively speaking. He must be beheaded. I now build a tribe against him. And I spread to my immediate tribe like this guy. And now we're seeing each other all frequently. And now there's this energy and this zest of this is the guy. And now my guys come in and they sit down. You're with me. Here's your guy. He sits down. And now they're like, this is the guy. He's the guy. And there's that energy that may transpire for a week, a month, a year, God forbid, indefinitely. And next thing you know, you get back together with the guy. Now, I'm just using the companionship sure. factor. I was just amplifying it to make it that much more entertaining. But the irony could just be friend. And now I'm like, he comes to the table and he sits next to you. And you're like, eh, he, he, oh, ho, ho, ah, ha, ha. And I'm like, what the, I thought you, and then my crew's like, I thought you said that he was, yeah. And then come to find out there's an opportunity with this guy. He's the big, he's the, he's the guy, he's the boss. And now I'm like, I've had this, I've noticed that you have a responsibility as a human being that even if you had a warranted reason not to like the guy, unless he hurts you physically or emotionally where it was really, he deserves to be beheaded or at least talked to or at least ostracized for a period of time until he loves himself. But let's say this guy was innocent for the sake of the story and you were just the one having the car fuffle. Now their social dichotomy in which we are going to be in indefinitely is fucked. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that no matter who crosses me, good, bad, or indifferently, whether it's professionally or recreationally, my favorite, my favorite form of payment emotionally and spiritually when someone hurts me is being able to see them in public, know that that person may even be saying something not that supportive of me to my immediate nucleus crew of people. And when met with that person and they say, I heard that so-and-so was Scooby-Doo-Doo-Poo-Poo. I go, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. 
keeping it's it's almost like and i'm sure you've had this as i've had this where have you ever had a and was, i was younger when it happened and i exercised this characteristic because i was like i want to be like that and i remember when i was a gossipy guy i was all guilty I was growing up as an italian guy and of course i mean come on that's what we did it was like this guy <laughs> let me tell you about this guy and i'll never forget it when i was a little i was young still at the time and i'm like you'll never believe and the guy goes I don't like when you when I don't like when people talk about other people. And I was like, well, I don't really I didn't mean and I remember thinking like that's character. Yeah, that's and when you it's it's putting a stop to not brewing this because it's this you build that social you build this tribe to hate someone or something. Mm-hmm. And really, at the end of the day, it's something to be protective of someone. Listen, I want you, Michelle, not to swim over by the pier today. There's a there's a riptide. Be careful. Inanimate object in the ocean. Be careful. There's something to be said about that. But to me, tell you not to go by the pier because there's some weird guy over there that he's going to be. That that's your bit. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm becoming more and more comfortable when people are venting letting telling you their story and just believing and telling them now more than ever like i believe in you i think you got it i think you already know what you got to do isn't it funny in the adulting realm they really already know you notice that like it's almost like someone confiding you like this place is the worst place to eat but they're still eating there and you're like i think you know what to do yeah yeah but we're gluttons for, we're, I think we're all just, we're all, and it's so cliche to say, but we're all just looking to be loved and wanted and well-pursued. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that, like, look at, look at the law of attraction, even in this case, right? Like, this is, the, this is the, the unequivocal definition of me being completely attracted to what you produce on the internet. And your content, your demeanor, your your message, it's it's palpable, and it's it's thirst, it's quenching to a soul, because it's it's so easy to turn on any syndication, and be fed, I'm bigger, better, stronger, and go fuck yourself. Part of my English, right? Still, even though there's people out there like you and I that are trying to feed people. Ner- like, su- sus- like substantial stuff that we've learned through pain there's still a lot of we look at these people online and it's i could have easily looked at your content and been like this girl thinks she's just the shit she thinks she's so cool she's so pretty she thinks she got it all figured out and i never unmuted any of your videos literally that easy to form some we make judgment um, people judge we all do it we're humans so we but the thing is that could maybe help people in any situation and i remind myself of this too when we are judging another our triggers are our teachers mm -hmm. there is a judgment arising in your humanness in your body in your mind and your emotions when you're triggered by someone a take heed to the warning of your body. Like if something does not feel aligned, trust mm. yourself. And at the same time, you don't have to perpetuate gossip. You don't have to stay stuck in the story. You don't have to fuel the fire and that you don't have mm. to fuel that dragon. 
you can acknowledge it. If something, our triggers are our teachers. So if there is someone that tends to be, and this happens too, people show up in your life. I, I attract all kinds of people. It's not to say, oh, I never attract this person. It's like, listen, I do. I do attract different energies. The key is to know thyself and feel into what am I being called to do in this moment? Because if, if you're triggered by someone, there's, there's a lesson, there's a teacher showing up. Usually it's something you've denied or ignored within yourself or judged within yourself. What you see in another, obviously the brain doesn't know the difference between what we see in another and, and what, how we feel about ourselves. There's something called mirror neurons. And that, that is that phenomenon, the mirror neuron. That's why when you're watching a movie and someone's like, getting hit and you're like you cringe or some there's bloodiness and you're like ah and you know what i mean with the except right. sometimes sociopathology does that has that disconnect right in the brain but most humans have that the mirror neurons that are operating accordingly where unconsciously you don't know the difference so my invitation to myself and everybody is when you are triggered by someone when someone rubs you the wrong way seek to look within first where within myself might i that might be mirroring something. Where might I be denying that shadow? Maybe where within myself is that so painful or ugly or grotesque or unfathomable that I'm denying it so I'm projecting it onto another? Because the minute that we can own and honor that we have the possibility and capability for all things, mm. even the most horrific things in the certain circumstance, you, you might be capable of it. You know what I mean? You don't, to judge another Judge not, lest ye be judged. To your mm -hmm. point, talking about if you say things about yourself or another, you know, it, it, it you can yeah. it. Well, the fact is, if we if we allow triggers to be our teachers and we remove the judgment, honor guidance. If you're getting guidance to not be around someone, please trust that. Right. <laughs> don't, well, don't that agree. goes that goes into one of your most recent pieces of content. You were talking about kind of being listening to your listening to your inner self or some you know it's it's there's a reason why there's the the train crossing yells at you way before it gets there yeah. right yep it gives Good. you time to prepare yourself and i think um though you didn't use that analogy and i've never used that actually in my life before i would say that's what i extracted from your content that most recent video you did about and I think it correlates. So it's yet again, another thing I find the, the adulting world is it's biblical too. you ever hear like the, the simple things will confound the wise, you know, have you ever heard that? Like the, the most simple, it's, it's so true because like, That's it's true. almost like getting, it's like getting, it's like, <laughs> take take one wrong turn in a in an area you've probably been a million times but because it's like look at the highways i don't know the last time you've been home but they changed the exit to daytona and orlando recently and like i'm notorious for getting lost always but they changed it now i drive by like the daytona exit on my phone like ooh, like one little simple turn i've driven how many times up and down 95 up and now i'm like ah and I, I panic, like I'm gonna like drive off the road if I, God forbid, miss the exit. There's that panic, and I think with what you, what you're, what you're preaching and practicing is just being aware of the simple things, the alerts, the and maybe they're good things. Maybe I think sometimes too, and you see this, and I see this a lot because so many people confide in me, especially in regards to companionship and loving themselves. Is like, why not? Why not just 
maybe maybe he is or she is a good guy or gal. Maybe this is a good job. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe this is a good situation. Maybe there's some judging them. Maybe I need to heal within. Right. So on the benefit of the doubt and also take heed to your own gut and intuition. You can yeah. do your own work. If something doesn't feel aligned, trust it. And at the same time, if something is real, if you're judging someone else specifically harshly, where is their judgment within self? Where are you not seeing that that came? Same thing with beauty. Mm. Oh, look at how, look at how gorgeous that woman is. Or God, yep. they, they're perfect. They, you know, look yep. at that guy is. Like, I could never have something like that. Like, when right. you're not owning your beauty within, you're not owning some aspect of you because my belief is you literally wouldn't be able to see, because I believe that, the world is a, a conscious, it's a projection of your consciousness. You will, in your reticular activating system, you will only see what you tell yourself. Right. You, you will always prove yourself right. Whatever you believe to be true. Do you know there's many truths on the planet? There's some foundational fundamentals. Gravity right. is the yes. law. Law of attraction is a spiritual principle. There are things operating, but you can supersede gravity with the law of lift, which is what mm. So you can, you, there's certain... Men I agree with you. Bendable and, and immutable laws. Like, you know, there's certain things that ha are existing. And it's the same thing. Like what you choose to tell yourself, your truth is different than other people's truths. Right. And so when you believe something to be true, you're going to prove yourself right. You're always going to see that. So mm -hmm. when you're triggered by someone, if you have a judgment, specifically you see this in politics, and religion. Mm -hmm. When we judge so harshly another, mm -hmm. judge not lest he be judged. It, it will because you will a not only you're going to give more energy. That's your currency. Right. And what you focus where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're constantly focusing on what you don't want, you're telling your reticular activating system, "Hey, pay attention to this because it's important." Your RAS, they call it a RAS for short, doesn't know the difference between positive and negative. So wherever you put your focus attention, it's gonna tune out anything right. that's not related to that. And that's why you keep seeing same guy, different face. Why do we keep mm. women? It's like same issues. Why do I keep having the same, it's self-sabotage. It's like, it's what we believe until we're willing to decide to be and be something different, believe something different and take the actions, the words and the steps to move it we're going to keep creating the same results. Right? It's like um, where your treasure is, your heart will be, right? Mm -hmm. And going back to what you had said earlier, because you, you, you're a lyrical genius, you said forgiveness. And I meet so many people that that forgiveness is to me gravity. There's no way around it. You can, you could, you can try to, try to fight it but you will you will there's an exact weight over ratio to the gravitational pull that a thing will fall etc there's no way of defying it and i've met one of the most beautiful stories that has happened to me in the last net 365 days is probably meeting someone who was extremely candid with me and sharing with me their sternness and validation and not forgiving. Mm. And I don't argue, we, we, it was a wonderful talking piece for, and has been for many, for a long time. And I don't, 
I don't argue with people anymore. I used to be the guy years, this is way before my 25-ish moment. I would want to tell you this, don't drink the soda. <laughs> it's got the sugar. It's got, I don't do that anymore. I think when something's attractive, it works itself. For instance, the only argument I ever won with a religious guy, not a spiritual guy was, after I had gotten hit over the head a million times with his theories and outlooks and this, I said, could you imagine telling me about your God without speaking? Could you just imagine that? We, we as humans take the gift of dialogue so for granted. And I've been saying this a lot too. And that is, um, I was able to finally put my theory to the test by talking to three different teachers at our number one deaf and blind school in St. Augustine. And I said, I have a theory that people that can't speak don't argue much is that true and their jaws dropped and they're like and these wasn't all three of them at the same time this was accumulatively over a span of time and they said hey i had never thought about it but let me think and they go we, we they argue but they don't not like us and i'm saying meaning having the gift of dialogue meaning you don't really see too many people that can't speak arguing over the subway sandwich not being made right you don't see someone sitting there for 30 minutes they probably just you're not gonna get it yeah I'm gonna go i'm yeah. gonna go get i'm not gonna have the sub today yeah. and i've noticed that if you start to really be more empathetic and sympathetic in general forgiveness and non the the, the non-forgiveness factor whether it be a person or a situation to me is almost it's an immediate feeling of success when it comes to like, it's like wanting your day to be great, but yet you haven't forgave somebody, even if you're a hundred percent right, but yeah. to forgive somebody, I, after 365 days ish of spending time with this person and communicating with them, they not by, by, by saying it, not by me, if they didn't do it, I wouldn't be friends with them. They took it upon themselves one day without me knowing to construct a handwritten letter to some people that in theory on, on paper deserve no forgiveness. Mm -hmm. They were horrible humans to this human and in theory should be beheaded and should be because they never sought remorse. They never sought acknowledgement of the they 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 wreaked havoc and destruction and dismay upon this person that i was talking to and it had happened at a latter point in life and this had become part of their their psychological their psychological like the, the their psychology of how they and those around them even formed that opinion of like fuck them and they took it upon themselves to write letters to these people and as if it was like as if it was actually you could see it they told me that the feeling that came over them the minute that that letter was in the mailbox and let alone if they i don't know if they saw it leave or not i'm not sure about all that but they said it was like they could breathe for the first it was like they took their first breath yeah or like and i'm thinking and i didn't do it once again that wasn't so do it because i said to do it and people seem to be attracted to things that work. For instance, if I were to say you just met, like you, your hair is per beautiful and I were to say, who cuts your hair? That's a segue 
of you maybe giving someone a wonderful word of acknowledgement and referral because it's beautiful. It works. It's working by consequence of you not, and you're not saying to me, you got to get your hair cut by this girl. She's the only one or guy, guy. That's the only one. You, you, if you don't get your hair cut by him, I'm not your friend. Those people I feel are so they're missing out because without speaking, you can tell so much about somebody that it, when it's, when it's beautiful, people come to you. And when it's, and when someone now says to me, Chenzo, how you got that with this, all this, and it's not my monetary gain. It's not my car. It's not my clothing. They seem to be attracted to this, this rest. And I'll, and by consequence of letting them talk to me, if there's these easy indicators, like you said, the, the things that can't be defied, that are simple science, unforgiveness, non-loving yourself, things of that nature, excluding the outside circumstances that may be a little bit more complicated. Maybe you really are living on a burial ground of an Indian pasture and now you really are dealing with some, some dragons. I don't know. Maybe there's some outside circumstances. But if you're pissed off at somebody and you haven't forgave them, it's like one of the easiest things. It's literally like not drinking soda and having a problem with weight. You're down 10 pounds. It's a me. It's like a, it's like you want to lose ten pounds. You drink soda. I got a plan for you. Simple, but it's confide. It confides the wise. Yeah. Because it keeps him in that rut. And I'm so. Once again, let me reiterate. I'm proud of you, because I know. Let me ask you, what season are you in right now of life as a human? Are you in a good season? Do you or do you have rest? Are you in a? Because I know it's fleeting. It doesn't mean we're, we we may have it today. Like I feel such a peace, even this conversation with you. And then tomorrow at noon or tonight or five minutes from now, one phone call, one text. Are you in a good season right now? I believe so. Yeah. And I'm conscious of the time I have to actually wrap here, but. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But I, um, I am and, and always aware in the dance of mm. making sure I'm nourishing self, coming back to the fundamentals of self-love, self-acceptance, forgiveness, joy. Like I, I love that your word is rest. Mine is joy. Where you know, follow joy. Where is the joy? And and reconnecting with self at that level. So I'm 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 very proud of. Thank you, by the way. I appreciate, yeah. um, you know, comments and and sharing that. And I've come to be very proud too of uh, where I am and where I'm going. And it's I've realized that in this never-ending journey, we're never really getting anywhere. So let's just enjoy the damn thing as we go, because we're gonna, you know years from now and look back and go, did I enjoy it? Did I live fully? Did I love? Did I connect? Did I, did I feel? Was I with, mm -hmm. with all the human emotions? And I feel like I'm at that stage in my life where um, I'm, I'm very connected. So. You're slowing it down. Yeah. You ever do, I, I ever, I'm sure, I know you have, it's a rhetorical statement, but you see if you may remember, you see a photo of yourself and you remember that day the clothes you wore, the clothes that didn't fit or did fit. You remember almost everything about that day. And you remember, I speak for myself and you like hated that day. Cause you're like, God, I felt, you felt fat that day. Or you felt unaccomplished that day. And you see a photo and it's a year later and it's an adulting thing that's happened. And you go, damn, I was looking good there. Yeah. I missed that. I, where did that shirt go anyway? Right. See and, and, right. Yeah, yeah, so, but yeah. Right. Um, listen, I, I know if you got to run, I don't want to, this is the point it happens. So thank you. Um, 
is there anything right now time sensitive that I could help you promote, push? Do you have anything on the horizon that's what's going on? Um, I'm going to be doing a self-love challenge. I haven't selected the date yet, so it's not ready. Okay. If people head over to my Instagram page, my links, there's all kinds of free resources. Okay. I work with driven women who want to attract love while loving themselves and without losing themselves. But I work with men and women if it's a good fit. Like I'll work with men if it's a good fit, if like okay. it's a relationship area. But if people head right. over to Instagram, I've got, uh, you know, specific downloads and, and things that would be super supportive. Okay. And after, um, after this renders or whatever, I'll send it over to you and then we'll add any, I'll, I'll be adding all of your appropriate bylines and things of that nature. But listen, I can't thank you enough for being receptive to doing this. And for those that are listening, I don't give a lot of uh, information over to people I approach for the show. It was very vague and I, you were very receptive and I appreciate that. And I, there's no questions that were premeditated. You did phenomenal as I knew you would. And thank you for sharing not only your, like what you do and your outlook, but what you've been through to some degree. And it's, it's, it's amazing. So um, I'm sure we will be staying in touch as we have um, digitally. And um, you know, if you, you don't, do you come home ever much or is that, you don't, Flagler, no. I go home is okay. Jack. Okay. Well, in the near distant future or forever, you always have a home and a friend in Flagler Beach. So, um, listen. So, thank you so much. I'll go ahead. I'll see if I can try to like send it to you. It's weird because it's Instagram, but once it renders and all that, I'll let you know when I post it on the other platforms. But okay, perfect. Thanks. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Okay. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. Take care. Take care. Let's see.